Tell me something. You can go anywhere you want, right? Any timeline, any universe. Why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? You change the future, and you change the past. Ezra Miller has been arrested again in Hawaii. Ezra Miller was arrested Tuesday morning on suspicion of second-degree assault, according to the Hawaii Island Police Department. Are you in? So look, here's the thing. Ezra Miller is a very good actor, and I love him as The Flash. I absolutely love him. Like, he's just, he's one of those actors that I watched in Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I've followed his career right up until he was casted as The Flash, which is super cool. And I thought, obviously, Joss Whedon's version of Justice League did not do Ezra any favors. Like, he was super weird. It was super weird. I didn't like his Flash, like, whatsoever. And then videos start to surface. There's this video of him kind of choking a fan and like it's playful, but it's also not. It's super weird. And then also there's now these reports that he's been arrested twice in Hawaii for assault, for second degree assault. My thing with this character, you know, I fell in love with him when Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. Truly, like, it was, he, like, the Flash has the best scene in that movie, in my opinion, when he turns back time and saves the whole Justice League. It essentially comes down to Ezra's Flash, right? Like, he's the star of that moment. And when he turns back time, you know, like, and he's, He's running in the speed force for the first time, like going faster than the speed of light, far beyond the speed of light. It's it's a powerful moment. I love that moment. But what I wanted to address today is these allegations against him and what's going on with this movie, with the Flash movie. There's reports that there's seven different bat suits in the Flash, which is crazy. And, you know, with Marvel's Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming out, I'm seeing it on Tuesday. This is, like, this is the comparison movie for me. But also, with everything that's going on with Ezra, does he get recast eventually? Like, what are they going to do with the future of Ezra? Like, my thing is, you need to get this guy some help. If you're Warner Brothers, if you're the producers, whoever's in charge of HR, whatever the case is, with that studio. These reports keep coming out. The guy's obviously in some distress. I just want to see Ezra healthy, happy, you know? And with all of this stuff going on, I just feel like the studio is not doing its due diligence. And there's more reports of 
you know, recast. Let's recast them. Everybody on the internet, everybody on, on Instagram is talking about how easy it would be to recast Flash. And I was like that too. I'm like, yeah, let's just, you know, whatever. Ezra was whatever to me. Let's recast them. But the thing is, and the problem is, is that the Flash movie, when it comes out, Ezra's going to be the star of not, like he's not only going to be one version of the Flash, but we now have the dark version of the Flash as well, which in the trailer that's been released, we see Ezra twice. We see the other version of the Flash that's in it. But I have this theory that that version of the Flash, um, he's going to end up becoming uh, the bad version of Flash that we know from the comics. Like when he turns, when he goes back into these different versions, like DC's multiverse is going to be vastly different from Marvel's multiverse, right? Marvel's multiverse is essentially a concept based on Doctor Strange being able to jump through different uh, realms of universes. But what Flash is going to be able to do is he's going to be able to go back in time or to any version of the universe based on his speed, on the speed force. He can do things that other people can't, that other, uh, that other meta, metahumans cannot. And I just think there's a lot at risk. There's a lot on the line here for DC and Warner Brothers, once again, because you have this very vulnerable lead cast member you have a very complex story. You're trapping, like reports are saying that they're trapping Ben Affleck's Batman in an alternate timeline, in his own timeline. And there's reports that DC and Warner Brothers is setting up the um, crisis on infinite Earths. Like what they've done with CW on on TV, they've done the crisis event, right? Where all types of different heroes from different universes come together to fight this greater threat. What the hell are we in for with DC's future? <laughs> you know, I went through a time where I was like super unsure of what I wanted to see in the Flash movie. You know, there's reports like obviously Michael Keaton's back as Batman. I want to see that. You know, I've seen now the suit. I've seen kind of what it's going to look like. My thing is, though, is I haven't seen any live action footage of Keaton back in the bat suit. What upgrades does he have? What does he fight like? What does he look like? You know, like it's one thing to see a set photo, but it's quite another to see it, how the director envisions it. And that's that's my main point with the Flash movie is that Andy Machete the director of uh, It Part 1 and It Part 2, those were great. You know, I didn't like It Part 2 as much, but the first one is really good and it's really well shot. And that's the guy who's doing this movie. That's the guy who's doing The Flash. And I have a lot of faith in him as a director. And I think that, you know, the comments from Ben Affleck saying that this is some of his favorite material he's done in the Batsuit, that's super intriguing to me. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for this movie. Like, 
if this move, so if this movie knocks it out of the park, let's say it's just the best of the best and everything we could have wished for, for DC content, right? And they throw in some cameos, different things. You know, we know that Supergirl is going to be in this. We know that she has the L bloodline that Cal L has. I think her name is like Zara, Zora or Zara L. Like I'm super excited to learn more about these characters that they're going to touch on too. Um, you know, I, I just, I truly deep down feel like this movie could succeed in many ways. And like any movie with two versions of Batman in it is super cool and it's super cool content, right? But what I get concerned about is Ezra's health and I, and his mental health. And I just think that if you welcome help for this guy, instead of recasting him, I think Warner Brothers is going to have more success with this film because they're just, they're too heavily invested in Ezra at this point to recast. And unfortunately for a lot of the DC content, they've had to recast. They've had to, you know, like we, we all know about the Amber Heard trial with Johnny Depp and everything that's going on there. And obviously Mira, she has there. It's rumored that she has less than 10 minutes of screen time in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Which is, you know, I think that's the fact that she's in it is a little bit ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I think that that speaks volumes to where Warner Brothers stands on on this movie, on Amber Heard and everything. Like she's obviously like Mira will be recast. And I think that's truly the right decision. Will they recast Ezra Miller? Well, in my opinion, it's going to depend solely on the success of the Flash film. And they've now pushed it back, which is fair. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the film industry. And like, Marvel is, they're losing their touch a bit. Like, I know for a fact that the Multiverse of Madness has mixed reviews and it only got a B rating cinema score, which is, that's only the third time Marvel has had a B level cinema score, which is interesting. I think the other two were Eternals and what was the other one? Anyways, if it comes back to me, I'll remember, but Eternals definitely was a B score. Um, and now, and now this one, Multiverse of Madness. So for me, I'm super excited because I love Sam Raimi and everything from the Multiverse of Madness, they talk about it's Sam Raimi's vision. It's Sam Raimi's movie. It's a horror style movie in a way, right? And he, he comes from grounded roots of horror elements. Like that's what he does. Sam Raimi has, you know, he added those horror elements to the Spider-Man movies too. Like when I was a kid, I was terrified. I was terrified of the Goblin, you know? He was fantastic. They, they just did such a good job. And Sam Raimi's team is obviously the ones that are involved with Multiverse of Madness. And it's in good hands. But that's a huge thing to tackle. And I worry about both studios in a sense. Like Marvel Studios cracking open the multiverse. Like that's the future, right? Like that's what we're going into. And now DC, they're cracking open their multiverse. And I like that idea. I like that there's multiple versions of the characters we love in different timelines. That's cool. 
you know, my friends and I sometimes have that conversation. Like there's this version of me, you know, 10 times over in different universes that drops this pen at this time. But the one version of me holds the pen a little bit longer. (laughs) That's a cool theory. I don't know. Obviously, as a nerd, you're going to want the multiverse to exist. You're going to want that sort of thing to exist. So the fact that we're getting it in some form with Marvel and DC is cool. I think we should embrace it. We should embrace all of the multiverse. Seven bat suits. Seven. What does that mean? Ben Affleck already has, what, four, five bat suits that we've seen through the Snyderverse? Michael Keaton. Um, when I see, like, so I saw the version of, of his suit. And I just don't know how to feel about Michael Keaton coming back. If it were a Batman Beyond style movie with Michael Keaton, oh yeah, like I'm all on board, no questions. Like that's exactly what I want to see, right? Like that would fit. But it almost looks to me as though Michael Keaton's Batman, they're planning on him taking up the mantle as the lead of the Justice League, in a sense. And that worries me. And it worries me for a few reasons. One of them being that Michael Keaton is an older Batman. No matter what they do to him, you know, I've seen the set photos of his Bruce Wayne. He's obviously super cool looking. He's obviously super... uh, He looks like a billionaire playboy at age 60. You know, like he looks like a weathered older Bruce Wayne, but like still has the style, still has it down. So it makes me wonder like, what are we going to see for Batmobile content? Because that, like, so like Batcave, Wayne Manor, and the Batmobile in Tim Burton's version is like my childhood, right? Like, I love what Burton did. It's dark, it's proper, it suits the character. Do we bring that back with Michael Keaton in this version? Or are they going to cartoon him up? Are they going to make him sort of campy, you know, and weird? I worry about that. I really do. And the first trailer, like the teaser trailer, whatever it is, right? Because they say at the end of the trailer that it's still in production, which we know it's rap production. We know it's in the post-production phase at this point. But what are we going to see? And how much of Ben Affleck's Batman are we going to see? That's the other question I have. I'm worried but should I be? Are you guys worried? That's my question. You know, like, I don't really know the Flash, but I knew that a lot of people in the comic book world, on Instagram, everybody I follow, all these super fans in the world, they've wanted this Flash movie for a really long time, like a solo Flash movie. But Warner Brothers is treating it not so much as a Flash movie, but more as the stepping stone to the future of the DCEU and the multiverse. So it's interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot, right? And then now with all of this news coming out with Ezra, I just, I hope that we get the best movie possible. And I hope that it's not a version of The Flash 
that none of us want to see. I hate the suit, you know, like I just think the suit is not good, you know. Uh, maybe they've done some changes. I like the way it lights up. I like the lightning bolt boots, you know. Those are things that the fans have been asking for, screaming for, if you will, Flash fans. They wanted the boots. They wanted the new look. I love the the suit right up to the cowl and the cowl for the Flash in this version of the movie. Everything that we've seen so far is awful. It's horrendous in my opinion. We'll see if it changes. We'll see what happens. Because here's the other thing too, is like Flash, so Ezra, when he's cast as the Flash, it's not your typical casting in my opinion. Like Flash in the comics, he's blonde, you know, he's he's witty. I think of Grant Gustin, the guy on CW's Flash. And, you know, CW's Flash. Like, I just, I'm sure it's great for Flash fans. I, I really am. But that version of the Flash just doesn't even come close to doing it for me. Like, I can't even turn it on because it just looks cheap. It looks like TV, you know, and... I'm, I'm more of the, let's spend the money on the suit. Let's have the Flash as the coolest version that we can possibly have on screen. And to me, the Flash is not a TV show character. He's made for cinema. All of the DC characters are made for cinema. So are Marvels, right? Like, like these versions of characters are so meant for cinema, it's not even funny. And... When we take those versions of characters and we change what people know about them or what people like about them, that's where we're going to have problems. But then on the other hand, I think about the Batman and how some people didn't like the Batman. And the Batman is as true to the character as possible, in my opinion. Like, Matt Reeves did not miss a beat in that movie as far as, like, what I've read from the comics and how I perceive Batman is exactly how Matt Reeves perceives Batman and exactly how most fans perceive Batman because he just nailed it. He nailed the lore of the character. He nailed the the tone, all of it. Nailed the demeanor, aspects of Drifter Bruce. You know, like those things are Bruce Wayne Batman. But then we have this movie now the Flash movie, and we're going to see two other versions of Batman that could work. And Warner Brothers, with this crisis on infinite Earths, the idea that they're going to try and potentially do this, listen, crisis on infinite Earths is the most complicated storyline possible that this studio could attack, this studio could, um, you know, try and do their take of. And it's a little bit worrisome because why are you guys going so complicated is my question, right? You're trying to compete again with Marvel. But if the Flash movie makes a choice to sort of ground the Flash and ground these two versions of Batman and, hey, Ben Affleck's trapped in an alternate timeline and he calls for Barry to help him, you know? I think there's potential there as well. But how complicated are you going to make it as a studio? And if history repeats itself, or if we just learn from the past, 
Warner Brothers is not very good at making these large-scale movies. So I guess my, my sort of advice to the listener, all of that stuff, I would say it's a great idea to go to The Flash with not just an open mind, but truly like go in with no expectations whatsoever and just develop your own opinion on it. Because this is essentially a reset movie. Like, I know the Snyder fans don't want to hear that. For a long time, I didn't want to hear that. But it's just what it is. It's the reality of the situation. This movie, there's a lot weighing on it because it's a reset film for the timeline. For Zack Snyder's timeline. And potentially some of Zack Snyder's characters too. Like, we just don't know what we're going to get. And, you know, with Aquaman coming, uh, The Lost Kingdom... That's James Wan again, so I'm expecting a phenomenal film. I love the first Aquaman movie. I thought it was great. I like the the darker black version of Aquaman's suit in this one. I like the aspect that him and Orm have to team up and fight a greater threat, you know? And it says in like it says in the synopsis, I believe it's like Orm and uh, Orm and Arthur have to uh, sort of relentlessly work together throughout this film and collaborate, even though maybe it's not ideal and they don't want to. You know, because at the end of the first Aquaman movie, uh, it ends with Arthur, you know, sort of respectfully defeating Orm, Ocean Master, if you will. And I would assume that he's going to, you know, Patrick Wilson, who plays Orm, Ocean Master, that's Arthur's half-brother, or, yeah, half-brother, because they have the same mother. I just think that, like, James Wan's a really good director, and he is a horror film-style director, too. Like, I like that DC is, like, using these sort of horror-style directors because they have such a good eye for shots. They have such a good eye. And horror movies have some of the best filming possible in them it's just a lot of times we can't get past the horror element of it right which is fair which is fair so i guess like i don't have much to say apart from that i really hope that they get ezra the help that he needs and he makes a full recovery from whatever it is he's struggling with right now um and we just We don't aggressively go after Ezra. We give him a chance to get better, to get healthy, you know, and we don't know the full story. Nobody knows the full story. So I wanted to just sort of touch on this. I wanted to give my opinion on this and just honestly tell you guys to brace yourselves if you're a DC fan because it could be rocky. It could be good. It could be outstanding. We don't know. I'm looking forward to The Flash. That's my official opinion. I am looking forward to it. Worried, but looking forward to it. I also just wanted to say that the Green Lantern movie is in pre-production right now, or not the movie, the show at HBO Max, 
And I just, I truly feel like they're going to knock that one out of the park too. And I'm one of the people who have officially moved on from all of the Snyder drama, all of the drama from the fans. You know, there's people that are just still clinging. They're clinging on to this hashtag that has happened, you know, years ago now. Like it's like we're coming up on two years next May or next March, whatever it was, um, when the Snyder Cut was released. I want to see that. Like I want to see Snyder's other two movies. But I also want to see what Warner Brothers has planned. You know, like I'm just not, I'm not going to be that fan who sits here and goes, if they don't do it this way, then I'm not watching. You know, because those people are lying to themselves. They're still going to go watch it, you know, because they're fans of these characters. You have to go, you know, you have to see what they're doing. But I just hope that a lot of people don't go into this version of the film with a closed mind, with a closed, closed mind. Open that mind up. Go see it. Accept. Embrace the multiverse. See what they bring you. And we'll see how it goes. Also, with the multiverse of madness, I'm going to do an episode on that after I see it. Um, I'm super excited to see it. I'm avoiding spoilers as much as possible. I've seen little tidbits here and there because it's just impossible for me to fully avoid it. But I haven't seen anything major. So that excites me. And it's, you know... The opening weekend is essentially over, so I'll still be cautious, but I only got a couple more days to wait, and then we're all going to go see it in IMAX, a bunch of us. It's exciting, because no matter what, you know that Doctor Strange is going to have like an incredible sort of visual um, aspect to it, and Sam Raimi is not going to disappoint as far as like the horror elements, like the idea that he's in charge of Scarlet Witch, like evil Scarlet Witch, excites me a lot. And I know for a fact that this is going to be Elizabeth Olsen's movie. Every single Marvel character has had their own movie. And you know, when you can argue that WandaVision was Wanda's time in the spotlight. But I think we haven't seen the dark version of Wanda besides the end of WandaVision and I think that she's going to come and just conquer she's going to destroy everything you're going to find out how powerful Scarlet Witch actually is and I just wanted to add to that Scarlet Witch's outfit is revolutionary in the sense that it doesn't sexualize her at all it really doesn't but it's still like the sexiest outfit in all of Marvel in my opinion out of all the Marvel women that one is my absolute favorite. Her, um, you know, in the, it's sort of like an X-Men Magneto style look. It's kind of like a burgundy, like an auburn burgundy um, outfit. It covers her completely, like right from her neck, basically all the way down. And then she has the, the throne, the crown on her head. And I just think with the way that her powers work and how she lights up and gets super angry... And I love the sort of carry element too that they add to it where the blood's sort of leaking down her, like the side of her head in a way and she's wearing the white. Like I love that shot from the trailer where Sam Raimi has it go right into her eye and then it sort of like enters this different realm as it goes into her eye. There's going to be so many cool shots and I'm, 
I'm actually like a little bit more excited that we're all going to see it in IMAX because I didn't see the first Doctor Strange, nor have I seen like any movie for a very long time in IMAX. And I mean, some people will argue, they will argue that it's not much of a different experience. And maybe I'll be one of those people. Like, will I be able to experience the IMAX version of Doctor Strange the same way as Cineplex? Like, would it be the same? You know, would I have the same experience? It's interesting. I just know that on a bigger, like, with these style of movies, I think you want to see it on the biggest possible screen that you can. And that's what we're going to do. And that's exciting to me. So I'll report back to you one of these days and let you know how that went. And I also have an episode coming out where I'm talking about sports, where I'm talking about The Last Dance on Netflix and why it's the absolute best, the absolute best sports documentary of all time. And I just, I'm going to talk about Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all of those guys, Ron Howard, you know, like all of these guys who just, there was a diff, it was a different time and there was swagger. There was a legitimate swagger surrounding the Chicago Bulls. And I'm super excited to talk about that one. I'm guessing that one's going to be a longer episode because I can literally talk about that for hours. But I'll try and keep it brief. I appreciate you guys. I know it's been a while. But this has been Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. This is my take on The Flash, on Ezra Miller. You know, let's just, let's collectively talk to each other and let's figure out the problems in the world and let's have Ezra have a healthy, happy return to what I hope is an awesome version of The Flash. I'm coming.